Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host and I have a very special guest on today. Um, she is the CEO. She's the, uh, the author of an incredible book from what I understand. Have not read it yet, but I'm going to. I want to welcome my new friend, Kimberly Slavic to the show. Kimberly, welcome. Hi, Ken. Thanks Hi. for having me. How you doing? Really good. Thanks. How's the weather where you are? <laughs> yeah, I want to warn everyone, you might hear some thunder or hell. We're wrong. <laughs> all kinds of warnings here in Dallas. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, that's what you were telling me earlier. I'm, well, you said it. Well, it could make for an interesting show. <laughs> Well, yeah. So, Kimberly, I, I created this show a couple years ago to help people get unstuck, you know, and, and right now um, there's a couple of people stuck in life, right, as a result of everything going on. Um, you and I were talking about um, our, our quarantine hair. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really stuck with this hair. I'm not kidding. Um you know, I'd kind of like to start with, you know, and just telling everybody where you were, you know, born and raised and went to school and all that stuff. So why don't we start there? Okay. And I'm going to give you some full screen time too. How's that? Oh, oh gosh. That's oh, a beautiful okay. backdrop. My goodness. <laughs> look at that. Thanks. Well, um, I was actually born in Hanover, Pennsylvania because my mom and dad were on vacation, but I'm a Texas girl. I was raised in Texas and specifically grew up in Arlington, Texas, went to Tarleton State University as a pre-vet major, um, went to a lot of universities actually after that. Wow. And I'm in um, the Dallas area right now. I love Texas as most Texans do. <laughs> Texas is a beautiful, beautiful state. I, I have a lot of friends down there, actually, in the Dallas area. Yeah. So, yeah. I so, wish I could go see them. <laughs> I know, right? Me too. Definitely. So you said you were born on vacation? Yeah, my dad was from Pennsylvania, and so he and my mom went up there to visit. And uh, she, my, I guess my grandmother talked her into staying so she could help her with the baby. So I was born up there. Wow, and you, yeah. but you did. You you guys didn't stay there. Oh no, we came right back to to the. It was Binbrook at the time. You know? Yeah. So so you went to school and high school and all that down there. You went to college. You said. Yeah, in Stephenville, Texas. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. You said you went to many colleges. Well, then I went to Longview and went to Laterno, which is an engineering school, and then that's where I got my BSBA. And I'm currently technically involved, um, enrolled in um, um, Edinburgh, Scotland, in an international MBA program. <laughs> gotcha. There's Glenn Morshower saying, focus on the show. He'll watch the weather. <laughs> Thank you. Thank do you know who, do you know who he is? <laughs> no, I don't. He's agent. He played agent Aaron Pierce on the TV show 24 for years. Oh, wow. He's been in movies all, all like Air Air Force One, Black Hawk Down. He's a good buddy of mine. Anyway, so he's down there in your neck of the woods. So he's going to watch the weather for us. Okay. Uh, so so um, when you when you got out of college, did you? Because I know you're you're a sales expert, 
and and I want to get into that, but first I want to kind of lay the groundwork that that qualifies you to be a sales <laughs> expert, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when you got out of college, what did you do? You graduated with an engineering degree? No, it was a um, BSBA. Oh, okay. But it was an engineering school, so the whole business program was very engineered, process driven. Uh, it was the best education my brain could have gotten because it made me more cerebral instead of emotional in my thought process. And it really benefited me in, in the world of selling. Wow. So what, what did you do when you got out of college? What was your first gig? Well, um, actually my first sales training was in high school. It was during the urban cowboy days. And so boots were a big deal in Texas and I sold boots for Don Morgan boots Wow. And he called in sick. He pretended to be my dad. <laughs> and I was a goody goody. So that was like really scary. Yeah. Um, he called in sick and sent me to the really cool sales training. And it was, I was hooked from the moment I went to that class because it was so much psychology. Yeah. And, but that's not where, that's not where I thought I was going to go. I thought I was going to go and be a vet. I worked with vets from the time I was 14 through college till I was like 20. Um, before I realized that wasn't my calling. And I read a book called What, what Colors Your Parachute, which really helped me realize that I needed a non-traditional job that gave me more freedom than a nine to five clocking in, clocking out. And I ended up getting in the business continuity disaster recovery world of selling. And wow. that, that kind of led into software. And then IT is just I've sold over $2 billion in very complex IT infrastructure, software, hardware, network, everything. Did you and say 2 billion with a B? With a B. These oh were big deals. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's it. Just wow. I don't know what else to say. That's unbelievable. Wow. Six so commission checks were normal. I'll bet the commission checks were insane yeah. on deals like that. So, so you got into very technical sales. Yes. Which I never understood what I sold. What I understood were my buyers and that's how I was successful. Wow. Okay. So, so talk a little bit about that, that whole process, because I would imagine selling some that sounds like very high ticket items it was so uh, was it a long sales cycle it well if you let it control yeah but if you manage the sales cycle it could be very short i mean i i sold a 32 million dollar deal in a month wasn't even i didn't even have time to get it in forecasted <laughs> before to get through the sales cycle that's incredible so um what were some of the i mean did you close a hundred percent oh of course not i mean right. the ones that you learn the most and grow the most are the painful losses and yeah. i talk a lot about that in my books okay the losses are more important than the wins in my opinion so what are what are some of the situations that you were um in while selling that you learn from like that the didn't buy or did mm -hmm. what are some of the lessons you learn in those early years the main lesson and kind of the core of of what i do right now is a company will develop something and they think that's the purpose of it 
But when you talk to your clients, sometimes they're using what you're selling in a completely different way. And I've learned more from my clients than my company on how to best represent and sell what I'm selling. Got it. Joe Ingram says, <laughs> what's the biggest what? Is that a pain point or something? Oh. Is that an inside thing? <laughs> One of the biggest deals I lost, um, I think it was $14 million was the biggest one I lost, but it was early in my career. So at the time it was like the biggest deal I'd ever done. Wow. And it was um, with a major retailer here in Dallas and it's not JC Penney. So <laughs> I'll let you figure out who it was. And I thought I had something this guy was going to love me for because he had already told me that every Christmas he would watch his kids unwrap his presents do their presents and he couldn't even put them together he'd have to go to work because that's when they would do their migrations and all of their it stuff yeah. and i was selling a software that he could do all that during live production so he didn't have to do it over the holidays or on the weekends and that's how i was taught to sell it that's how i was selling it and he squashed the deal because he didn't want to not work I thought, and I was trained, that no one wants to work weekends or holidays, but he got triple pay and uh, my product threatened his income. And so he squashed the deal. I did not, I did not qualify very well. Wow. And you probably teach some of that in your books, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Glenn wants to know if you're related to Dallas-based musician Robert Slavic. No, but I sure would like to. Well, I'm not married. I'm not related to any Slavics except through marriage. Got it. But I, I would love to meet the guy. I bet you somehow there's a connection with my husband. Yeah, I would imagine. Sounds like it. So, so when you um, and this was this was early on in your career, right? This is in your sounds like probably mid twenties to yes. late twenties. Yes. So what? How long were you with that initial company? Uh, six years. Okay. So where'd you go from there? Well, everyone was, business continuity has different components. So I was in like the minor leagues. I sold the areas that were backups and storage of those backups, rotating the backups. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't do any of that anymore, but it was a big deal. It's, it's called, um, Iron Mountain today, but it was Arca Status Security back when I started. And the next level in your career would be working for a hot site, which is the actual infrastructure. And that was like Comdisco and SunGuard at the time. So I left there and went to SunGuard. Um, but SunGuard, everyone had left because all the money was in software. And so I wasn't making the kind of money that I thought I was gonna be making. And I followed everyone else to the world of software. I started selling business continuity software, which led to enterprise software. And, and that's really where the big, big deals were because we weren't just selling software, we were selling entire infrastructures. So, I mean, I've been in sales since I was seven, pretty much. <laughs> um, and I became a professional salesperson at about 19. I, well, 17 is when I had my first real sales job, but it, I, I never got paid by the guy he ripped me off. So I don't know. There's if that a lot counts. of that in sales. But, yeah. But I, so, but I've never sold 
what you're talking about not even close like I, water purification systems <laughs> things like that right yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> for the average salesperson that does not sell 32 million dollar deals um <clears throat> they may sell you know Sixty-four, five hundred thousand dollar deals, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but what, what, what can they learn from what you teach? What are some of the the core principles of what you teach in your book? Yeah, so that was one of the very first questions that I started getting when I came out with this. Is well, this isn't going to apply to us, and so I started working really closely with two industries in particular that have the majority of the salespeople in the country, which is real estate agents and car salesmen. And I, I worked with them just to hypothetically prove that this also works for, you know, a $30,000 car sale, right? It's not just okay. big complex stuff that neuroscience can affect. And so I, two of the books that I wrote were specific to those two industries, real estate and auto sales. And that's where I met our buddy, Joe, Joe got his hands on the automotive book and uh, just kind of took off from there. So it does apply to, it doesn't, you know what? In fact, it's, you don't, if you don't even have to be in sales to benefit from this. One of my favorite stories is from a real estate agent whose husband read the book too and redid his resume using Viznostics and he started getting six offers a day. Wow. Engineer. So it's, it's, if you're, you know, you think about today and what's going on in the world today, there are millions of people that are on unemployment right now that are going to be looking for jobs when everything gets back to normal. Right. I hope they didn't tune out from the beginning thinking this is going to be just sales centric. This is a way of communicating that will release serotonin and dopamine in your audience's brain, which is happiness. It's happiness chemicals. Mm -hmm. And they relate that to you and and you can stimulate that in the way that you communicate on your resume or in the way that you're presenting your offerings, whether it's a car or a house or complex IT infrastructures. Wow. Okay. So how the um, I have a, uh, your website in the background, the power of visualization, diagnostic statements, a neuroscientific approach. What does that mean? to the, the, the person that, that has no idea what neuroscience is. What, what does that mean exactly? So Simon Sinek wrote a book called Start With Why. Yeah. And as I read it, I was translating it into how that applied to what I was doing. This is before I even wrote a book, just my thought process. Yeah. So what happens is we are programmed as buyers and sellers to say what we do who we are first. And that is the worst thing you can do because nobody cares who you are, what you do until you tell them the value that you're bringing. Then they become curious of who you are and what you do. And every presentation I was ever given in my entire career, the first seven slides are our year over year growth, our stocks, our investors, our board, and nobody has ever bought anything from me because of those first seven slides. In fact, that's when people have literally fallen asleep during my presentations. Right. But when I start with results, like I would have loved to start this conversation out today by saying, if you're watching this right now, don't turn it off. Because if you are a sales leader, you're gonna learn 
how to take those people that aren't the top 20% salespeople and make them quality of the top 20% and produce the same. So you're going to blow away your numbers. If you're a salesperson in the top 20%, it's no shocker you're watching this because you're in the top 20% because you're always looking to be better. But what about those people that, that don't, they're not overachievers. This is, this is the secret sauce to help everyone be successful. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. And if you're going to be looking for a job soon, I want to help you with your resume. I will personally help you with your resume. If you're writing your resume, very task oriented, this is what I did. This is what I managed. You look like 99% of the resumes out there. That's right. The, the reader, whether it's a buyer of cars, real estate, rain, you know, Rainsoft is the water purification system we have. I don't know which one you work for, but water. I, I was the number one Rainsoft salesman no in Columbus. <laughs> we it's, the love best one, it's the best one you can have. Well, I, we still have it. We bought That's it like 15 years yeah. ago. And um, if you're looking for a job, what you want to do is stand out from all of your competition. And the way you're going to stand out is by talking about the results that your buyer or reader or audience member is going to get from the time they're investing in you. So, so you literally, <laughs> I got to I'm look, I'm going to just be honest with you. Um, I've hired, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds, if not more, um, salespeople over the last 30 years I've trained. I was a national sales trainer in the home security industry. I, I mean, and I've always found that the 80-20 rule is always going to apply. Even if you teach them groundbreaking material that like, oh, ding, 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 ding. There's still a huge, the larger percentage of people are living in other things like fear or, um, you know, they're, they're um, what Tony Robbins talks about. They're. Um, and there's Bob Donnell. Do you know Bob? No. Bob is, Bob? Joe introduced me to Bob. He he teaches some of the same stuff you're talking about, though, like the um, never start with what what I do. Like yeah. if you said to Bob, hey, Bob, what do you do? He would say, I teach people to have a deeper conversation than what do you do? <laughs> yeah. So but, you know, those those 80 percent that won't work um, as hard as the 20%. And that's a lot of times the separator you're saying that you can change those people. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a matter of numbers. You're not going to have hundred percent in the top 20%. Right? right. No, right. No. <laughs> but <laughs> right. you can have hundred percent hit their quota, which is going to blow your number away if you're a sales leader. And that's really what the objective is. But what do you, how do you get that 80% to think like the 20%? And that's what yeah. this does. Joe <laughs> says losers are losers. <laughs> well, oh you know what? God. If they're losers, they shouldn't be in your, on your staff. Right. 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 But you can take that. You can still help the people that are in the, the, you know, there's been many times in my life, you know, early on, especially where I wasn't, I wasn't in the top 20%. I wasn't in the top one, 2% like I am now. 
you know, I was, I was a, I was what probably a, a loser in, in a lot of ways. Right. So what, what is the, in, in your opinion, what's the, the thing that flips for those people though? Like what, what is it that you're going to be able to help that I'm more, I'm more curious about the 80%. I love the underdog. I want to help the underdog. Me too. Like, get your crap together, dude. Pull your head out of your the sand and 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 get it together, right? So, right. how do you break through to those people? Okay, so those people, like you mentioned, a couple of words. Most salespeople take a six months to ramp up, to build their confidence, to feel like they're competent, to be in front of a client. There, there's the fear factor that's going to exist. Right. So if you can take what you do and translate it from vendor speak, because think about it, your company is going to talk about you and what you do. And then you present it and hope that whoever the audience is, is going to figure out how it applies to them. And that's, that's the problem that I've had every place I've worked is that we don't translate our vendor speak into client speak. And that's what Biznostics is, is there's a formula and it's called an RTH, which you will never remember. And since it's a visual premise, I want you to envision a giant green dollar sign, mm -hmm. a red clock, and then a toolbox. If you can envision a green dollar sign, a red clock, and a toolbox, you have the formula for client speak. Look at the dollar sign represents results. Tell them what they're going to get. If you're going to save them a million dollars or make them another million dollars, increase revenue a million dollars, say that in the first words out the shoot and give them a timeline. The timeline of that million dollars, is it going to happen over 30 years or is it going to happen over the first month? That makes a huge difference to your client. Right. So, Dollar sign and clock are the two most important components of a diagnostic statement. Anything that's not a result in a timeline is the toolbox and it's the how. And that's what Simon, in my opinion, was saying. He never said these words, but when he says start with why, the why is why does the client care? And the client cares because they're wanting to know the whole time you're talking, what's in it for me? What do I get out of it? Why, why am I investing my time here? Right. When I go to LinkedIn, which is the number one place people are trying to sell to me right now, go to your inbox and look at all of your messages. They don't have subject lines in LinkedIn, but they do give you a sneak peek and you only get to see the first 10 words yep. that people are writing. And if I see something that says, my name is, I work for, my yep. company does, I don't even open it, read it. I don't have time. I'm not being mean. I don't have time. I get I have 100,000 unread emails right now with subject lines that are real similar to that. I don't read those either. Mm -hmm. But if it said, my client saved a million dollars the first week and that that's the words and then I don't see anything more, I'm gonna open it because I wanna hear the rest of the story. Right. And that's the, I mean, that is a very simplistic way of describing diagnostics, um, but that's what I teach is the translation. So once you translate all of your vendor speak and all of your existing presentation material into why the client really cares. The client already likes you because you're doing that translation for it. You're making it easier for the buyer because they don't have to think that through. And then 
I create a spreadsheet that has all these really complicated, to me, complicated algorithms in it. So you make a statement in the first person to your audience and you say, I'm going to make a statement. You tell me I can say this today. I wish you could say this today. Not important, not applicable. And right. if they can say it today, they score themselves one to five. So imagine your new salesperson. They've only been on the job one day. It just they spent that first day doing all their HR paperwork and getting on the system, getting their passwords. The next day they can take a tablet and start meeting with clients or they can get on the phone and start talking to clients and going through these statements. And because the statements are written in a certain way, which is first person, and your your the response is not a yes or no, it's not a it's a multiple choice. So they have to visualize and listen. You're hijacking their brain. They have to, you see how my eyes are doing this? That's yeah. what they'll be doing as they visualize their life today, the way it could be, and then they'll score themselves. Once all these things are filled out in the spreadsheet, it creates something called an insight report that will automatically create graphs and charts and a description of how your client, how your company is going to take them from whatever stage they're in into a strength. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> with the 30 some odd million um, small businesses in America, the average business has a couple of salespeople and they may be selling, you know, well, let's let's talk about my my buddy Frank Crenitti is the number two car salesman in the world, and and you know, I, I could I, I'm he's one of my best friends, like if not my best friend, and and like, you know, we we've had a lot of conversations. I've had him on live streams and on the show, and and we've talked about the difference between him and ninety nine percent of the other people in in that industry. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things I see him do, and I don't know if this is what you're talking about, he doesn't just try to sell a car. You know, he says it's not about um, it's not about my sales process. It's about my customers buying process. Mm -hmm. So if they say I don't need to test drive the car, you know, all these car dealers across the nation are like, this is our process. You don't sell a car if they haven't driven it, right? He doesn't care. He's like, oh, you don't want to drive it? Fine. Here's the paperwork. Let's roll. Let's, you know, whatever. Just whatever's going to, whatever their process is, is how he, you know, meets them. That's where he meets them. And and so I think that it sounds like you're talking about some similar things. I would take that even to a different level. So the whole, the whole purpose of, what I'm, what I try and preach is to release a certain chemical in the brain that is, is happiness. Right. So one of the neuroscientists that I worked with, his whole job is helping these rich people that can buy anything they want and they're in depressions. Yeah. He helps them be able to use their mind to release these happy chemicals to get them out of a depression with no chemicals, without any pharmaceuticals or at all. It's self. It's self-help. Um, right. And so it's the same principles of what I do. So, for example, if I go to a car dealer, what's Joe saying? You have to drive it. Use a gun if you have to. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe. You, Joe's a Viznostic graduate. So for anyone out there that doesn't know Joe. Um, so yeah. one of the things that 
triggers a fight or flight response, which is the wrong chemical release that you want in the brain. Car right. salesmen approach people. Just their approaching you makes you bristle up and go. Yeah. And you don't want that chemistry going on. And if they say, can I help you? That's even worse because we are expecting you to say that. Right. right? right. Yeah. And so if you go up to someone and instead of being so obvious that you're there to make a commission, come up and say, hey, what's your story? It'll it'll ca catch them off guard and it'll make them it'll force them to visualize what do they want to say to this person. So now you're not asking, can I help you, which is a dumb thing to say. Um, they're going to start and then just shut up. Because when you release the right chemicals, people just talk. It's like a magic trick when you try it and you see it work. Like I have gone to so many solution selling courses. I mean, behind this banner back here is a hundreds of books right. that are about asking the right questions. And if when I worked with the neuroscientists, they showed me MRIs of brains when a question was being asked, and it is not the chemistry that you want. And I, as a as a person that went out and tried to execute consultative selling on a daily basis, I could tell people were getting annoyed with questions. They would say, how many more are there? And mm. how much longer is this going to be? And we've all done that, yeah. right? How many yeah. people got the census and was like, woohoo, can't wait to fill this out? We don't <laughs> like questions, which is crazy that salespeople are taught to do that. But when you make it a statement, it changes the chemical reaction in the brain and i promise you if you try it it's like a magic trick so how did but how do you do a needs analysis without asking them their needs because you've got this viznostic statements so here's how you develop your viznostic statements in my car the car version of viznostics yeah i sent out to just my friends and said give me the top reasons you like your current vehicle and they came back and said things like the people up north, of course, I've never gotten stuck in the snow. I love my four-wheel drive because I don't have any problems getting up, you know, snow inclines. Um, I've never been cold. My car is always warm when I get in it. What right. they don't say is the way the salesperson's selling it. The salesperson will say, we've got heated seats. That's a feature function. So that person that's hearing, they've got heated seats. They've got to figure out, why do I care? In Texas, people be like, why would I care about that? Right? right. So finding out when, by telling someone, tell me, I didn't say, what is your story? Because you don't want to ask a question. I say, tell me your story. And they'll start saying, well, you know, my car, this, my car, that, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I like about my car. Um, I'm looking for something similar. I'm trying to get my payments done. Whatever the thing is, they're going to tell you how to sell to them. Love that. So, so like Frank, my my buddy Frank, that sells over a hundred cars a month on his own by himself. Mm -hmm. I know one of the things he does is he'll, um, you know, people will test drive obviously some cars and he will the very first thing he says to them after they get back from a test drive is tell me what it is about the car that you didn't like that's that's one of his first statements mm -hmm. and just because if it if there he's like because if there's something they didn't like I, I, let's move on like I, i'm not gonna waste like i'm not gonna try to sell you something that you don't like like yeah. just tell me what is there you know something you don't like 
So, you know, now again, he's he's in a different he's he plays on a different field than most most salespeople in that yeah. industry, right? But so he obviously that's not wrong. It works for him. Yes, it does. I would do it a different way though. I one of the things that I teach in Biznostics is to keep it positive. So the whole point is, and this is really an important point that I hope if you don't remember anything else about today's call, this is really important. When you start out and don't trigger the right chemistry, it's almost impossible to get the right chemistry. So right. you've got to start it out with a positive. And that's why results are such a good way to start out because you get people thinking, oh, my life's going to be better here. And the good chemistry is going. And you want to keep the good, positive chemistry going. Right. So I would start out by saying, what are your favorite things about your car? And get the chemistry right. Once it's really going strong and they're clicking, then you can, then you can go into the, so what do you not like about your car? Mm -hmm. because you've already got the chemistry right and you're not going to derail things right. but if you start right. it out that way it's going to be really hard to get them thinking in the positive way and get the chemical um correct sure sure i get that and you're i'm sure you're you're absolutely right about most most sales people for sure um so the book is called Viz, uh, viznostic but you isn't there something where you changed it or something? It was Viznostic selling. This was um, the first one. I'm trying to. Oh, here, let me let me put it full screen so you can show that. Okay, I'm there trying to glare it. This yeah. was the first book. This one was done through a publisher, okay. and you can read this in two. It's it's got over a hundred graphics in it, so it's a picture book. It's a oh. visualization, right? Yeah. Viznostic stands for visualization diagnostics. Okay. So instead of solution selling where you blast them with a bunch of questions, you're getting them to visualize, which is where the viz comes from, visualization. And that's how you diagnose how to sell to them. So that's gotcha. where Viznostics comes from. That book was came out in February last year. So it's only been out 14 months. Within four months, I had so many reader success stories, I rewrote it. And this is the book I want you to get. This one, this little one through a publisher's $25. This one's $20 and it's so much bigger. And half of the book is success stories that is focused hundred percent on execution. So this one's called sales and marketing. It's not okay. sales and marketing. Okay. What's the difference between the two? Viznostic selling focuses in on selling and it's mostly my experience. Viznostic sales and marketing really pulls in the power of the the relationship between sales and marketing. It's a, it's almost like a dirty secret. People don't want to admit that sales and marketing don't get along. Mm -hmm. You know, think about it. When was yeah. the last time sales said, oh, my God, I have so many leads. I, I don't even have time to do them all. Marketing's doing a great job. Right. 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 No one says that they say. Marketing is not giving us any leads. That's what you hear universally. I don't care where you work. That's what people say. Mm -hmm. And then marketing, on the other hand, you'll never hear marketing and say, oh, my gosh, sales is the best. They close every lead we give them. Right. 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 So there's a, a huge disconnect. When sales are bad, they blame each other. When sales are good, they both try and take credit and they resent each other because um, they want the glory. What Viznostics has done when I do my workshops is I bring sales and marketing together. And it becomes such a powerful team building exercise. 
And there's more of that in the second book, sales and marketing and the importance of them working together. So, you know, and, and I hear, I hear this, I've personally never had, um, a, 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 I've never worked somewhere where there were leads given to me. I always had to get my own, um, whether it was door to door, which I've done, I've knocked on, I'll bet you a hundred thousand doors. I don't even know how many, it's so many. Um, you know, so I've always just like, I don't care where I'll go get my own leads. Like I don't, I, what about, so that's a small business entrepreneur. And right now with what's going on with this coronavirus and the lockdown and people, I mean, it's going to financially impact a lot. It already has, right? So what about the people right now that are locked down at home? They, you know, may not even be able to afford 20 bucks for a book. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a possibility, you know, mm -hmm. that, that there's people that are like, I just can't, I can't do it right now. Mm -hmm. What about those people? What do you say to them to help them? You know, maybe they, it's time they become an entrepreneur. Maybe it's time, you know, what do you say to them? How do they get through this using what you teach? Well, I would well, go to my LinkedIn first because I've got a lot of papers that I have published that are in my articles that will okay. give them a foundation, including how to write a good resume, which is out there. I've got some videos out there as well. So, and, and then you'll be able to contact me and talk to me because one thing that differentiates me from everyone else, and I honestly don't know how long I can do this, but I am very emotionally connected, ask Joe, to my readers. And I'm very accessible to my readers because I have a vested interest in every single person's success. This is different. I mean, I've trademarked the word diagnostics. I'm trying to get it in the Webster's Dictionary. I'm, I'm constantly updating my books with success stories. So I want to know my readers and help them be successful and share their success with other people. That's the principle of everything I exist for today. And I do it free, by the way. It's on on LinkedIn? Yes. Mm -hmm. It's just yes. Kim Slavic. Yeah. And you should be able to find me. And if you Google Viznostics, you're going to find all kinds of stuff out there already in just 14 months that will help you. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. What about the, the ones, though, that are paralyzed in fear? What are, do you address fear in the book? Well, yeah. I mean, that's a big part of neuroscience is the fight or flight is a real thing. I mean, ask Joe. I even call Joe for a little pick me up every once in a while because I'm stir crazy. I like to be in front of people. I've been an, a field rep my entire career. So being quarantined is making me insane. <laughs> so we're doing a lot of Zoom. We're doing Microsoft work groups, uh, videos like this. Yeah. I mean, it's you've got to have that social interaction. And I'm still doing workshops, but I'm doing workshops via you know, video conferencing, it's still effective and people are doing it from their, their living rooms. A lot of companies, this is the best time to get that training in because maybe people aren't buying from you right now, but you've got a sales team that needs to be ready and fired up when that economic boom happens. Because when we're released, it's going to be flood. The floodgates are going to open. We're going to see a huge recovery fast. Yeah. I heard that I heard the state of Georgia is going live today, I believe. 
Colleyville is going live this week. The city of Colleyville, which is a neighbor to where I live. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. They're back in business. Mm-hmm. Man, we, we do all need to get back to work, don't we? Yeah. I was supposed to be in Dallas this week or or last week, I think, for to speak at an event down there. So, yeah. and that's all, <laughs> that's completely changed. Yeah. It's crazy. So, um, the best place for people to find you and follow you is... I prefer LinkedIn. I used to only accept people on LinkedIn that I knew and worked with, which was is my biggest regret because yeah. I've limited my network. Yeah. So I, I welcome as many connections as possible because I want to I want to meet everyone and I want to talk yeah. to them. What what do you because again, I ask this question of every guest, you know, what do you think the number one thing is? that and and we'll just talk about those those 80 percenters again um what do you think the number one thing is that stops people from having success in life uh, and and life as a whole yeah i think we've been brainwashed to sell and buy incorrectly and i i know everyone's heard the term features and functions if even on a resume if you're talking about what you do that that's a feature function what you need to do is talk about what were the results of what you did. Whether you're selling or a resume, it's translating features and functions, which is what I call vendor speak, into client speak, which is what are the results? Why do people care? If someone's reading your resume after this and you're trying to get back in the workforce and you're saying, yes, I hit my number every year, okay? How much was your number? How quickly did you hit it? You know, there's more things that you need to put in there that describes the true results. Right, right. I agree. So if somebody called you right now and said, you know, I am, uh, and did you say you go by Kim? Oh yeah, Kim. The reason I go by Kimberly, there is not another Kimberly Slavic on the planet. That's her name like that. <laughs> right. I can't imagine that there is. So so if somebody called you and said, hey, look, my car was repoed last week. My electric's being shut off tomorrow. I don't know what to do. I've tried everything and I just can't figure it out. What would you say to that person right now? I'd like to see their resume and see how they're articulating what they do and help them understand the value of what they do. So my son started out in sales, you know, he's a millennial. He graduated from UT Austin and he went right to work with, you know, the IT biggies down in Austin. And he hated sales, so he he got into support and he was up for a promotion. They wanted an updated resume and he came to me and said, you know, help, I, I don't think my resume is right. And I, it was all task oriented, what he did and I said, you've got to figure out what your results are of what you do. And he said, mom, I'm not in sales anymore. There are no results. And I challenged, he said the wrong thing to the wrong person <laughs> with that. So I told him, you need to go to your accounts and ask them what value you brought to them. You need to go to the field reps and ask what your support has, how it's impacted them. And two weeks later, he called me 
and he was a different person. His confidence was through the roof. He said he had no idea that what he did was keeping a $2 million contract with his current employer. Mm. And it, he put that on there. He, put, he changed the wording that because of what he did, this $2 million annual contract was growing. It wasn't just staying, it was growing. And the client, when he called, the client said, we have your competitors calling all the time, say, we don't even care what, you're, what they're charging you, we'll cut it in half and they won't talk to them because they don't wanna lose my son's support. And right. a lot of times people that talk features and functions and tasks oriented on their resume, that's how they view themselves. And Viznostics will help you pull out the value that you truly bring to the world. And it changes everything when you have a better understanding of that, not just in the way you communicate it on paper, but the way you look at yourself right love that i love that kimberly you are awesome really really awesome and you you said that um your website is dynaexec.com right i have yes. that scroll you said it's it's in construction or something right it now, is so. because i'm planning on doing a podcast like this with okay. successes and clients and readers and okay. i'm going to be loading those videos up on the on the website soon. That's awesome. So everybody go to dynaexec.com in the near future um, and also connect with Kimberly on LinkedIn is the best place, right? Yes. And do you put anything on Facebook? I do, yes. So okay. um, it's actually Viznostic Selling or Viznostic. I don't even remember what it is. Look up, <laughs> look me up on LinkedIn and I'll help you get me on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So um, listen, everybody go follow Kimberly. You're awesome. Joe speaks so highly of you and the book. Um, I don't know if you saw his comment earlier. Um, I forget where, it, oh here, I used her approach to close a $120,000 deal. Um, not 32 million small fish, but hey, that's still, um, that's still pretty impressive, Joe, so. Um, he speaks very, very highly of you. So, and the book. So, I, I'm I'm looking forward to. I told you I have stacks of books that I I need to get to, but um, looking forward to reading your book. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I'm I'm honored to be part of your show. Thank you. I'm grateful that you took the time. And uh, how is the weather crazy down there yet? Or no, it's just no. dark out. Yeah. <laughs> They, they love to exaggerate the, the stuff, don't they? Yes. So, Kimberly, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who's watched and shared this out. And we will see you guys later. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Be safe. Thank you. You too. Don't hang up on me yet. Hang on. Oh, look. Joe just put it up on the screen. Oh, thank you. Dining set. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. All <laughs> right. We'll see you guys later. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.